Welcome to the Have Company podcast, a podcast that bridges the gap between artists and their community. I'm grateful to share conversations with Have Company artists and residents, friends, and a little bit of my own thoughts on creating work and finding balance. Hello, and welcome to the Have Company podcast. This is Marley. We are recording from Oakland, California, and I'm sitting on my bed with Mira Blackman. Hi, Mira. Hey. <laughs> and we um, we were just at Mira's studio for a little bit. Mira is a clothing... What do you call yourself? Um, just clothing designer, Clothing maker. designer, maker, sewer. Is sewer a word? Maybe. I'm a sewist. You're a sewist. Um, so Mira and I met at this rad space in Oakland called Eighth and Pine, where you were had a studio for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when people when people sort of ask you, I or when we just got in your car, you had the little your little postcard. Mm-hmm. Will you tell us what your one what your postcard one liner is? Oh yeah, I think it's um, sacred textiles cut and sewn in Oakland, California. And I love that. And your, I mean, I was so drawn to your clothing immediately it's for those listening and wanting to get the visual it's you know mostly indigo right Mm -hmm. blue it's a lot of blue it's a lot of blue it's a lot of blue people um and yeah it's these incredible fabrics and I'm and I'll ask you now and you can tell us a little bit about the origin um because yeah not only was the fabric so different than anything i'd ever seen but the shapes that you have just invented mm-hmm. are also incredible mm-hmm. um why don't we just start with like how you got into sewing um i've always done actually like yeah. i used to like pull my mom's singer sewing machine out of the closet and just like cut and sew on the living room floor you know and like I used to say I made like clothing shaped fabric because it was very poorly constructed, but sure. it would stay on my body mm-hmm. for one wash, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I've, I've always like, yeah, I've just always sewn. And then, um, a few years ago I was decided I wanted to pursue it more seriously. And I actually went to the, um, college of Alameda and I studied apparel design and merchandising there. So I learned pattern um, making, like drafting, draping, construction. I learned all of that in like a lot more detail. Cool. Um, yeah. So now your clothes don't fall apart after one wash. So not my they clothes. Do yeah. <laughs> they do technically yeah. stay together. Mm-hmm. So, and then you developed this really specific style. So tell us about the origin of these fabrics that you're using and how, why you started using those as opposed to like, it kind of seems like we're in a world where like everyone just uses beige linen for everything, which yeah. as we're yeah. looking at my current outfit, I'm, well, I'm all you're about definitely beige. definitely in that world. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, that's your world actually, Marley, not my world. Um, and yeah, it's, it's awesome to see this like similar to like the shapes are simple but then the like fabric is yeah you know what really makes a lot of them pop so yeah how did you get into that scene of yeah so I first found that fabric actually when I was in Senegal and I went there kind of um 
one, just because I'd always wanted to go to Africa. I met mm-hmm. someone who told me to go stay with his family in Senegal. So I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I went there. Also, just I was really in love with the African prints mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Like those really bold, colorful, mm-hmm. printed stuff. Um, um, and while I was there, I just found the indigo. Like when I was like kind of deep. In the eastern side of it when you mm-hmm. get close to Mali and Guinea mm-hmm. and I, I remember the first time I saw it actually there was like a guy on a bicycle with like a little stack on the back of his bike Whoa. and I was like with someone and I was like what is that and we like followed him and that, I could tell it was for sale he had like a little stack sure sure so I, I bought a couple pieces from him and I was like this is amazing and they were like oh this is like the village stuff like they, I mean, they thought it was funny that I liked the prints, but they thought it was really funny right. that I liked that. That was, like, right. so, like, super old. Like, no, like right. no modern person wants that. Right. Um, and then when I went deeper, closer to Mali, um, then I found, we found, like, a local market, and I found a lot of it. And I was, like, just in love with it. And I yeah. brought um, a suitcase of it full. Yeah. <laughs> um, home. And, um... I just like held onto it for like five years. I was like, this is too special. Wow. And I don't know how to sew well enough. And I, I just can't, it's just beautiful. And I would pull it out and look at it and put it away and for a long time. And then, um, yeah, a couple of years ago I was like, okay, like I've studied apparel design, like, and this, you know, the point of this is like, it's like fulfilling its purpose to make it into something. Mm. So and, you know, and mine, you know, like I bought it to make something with right. it. So I was like, all right, okay, I'm going to make something. So I started just pulling it out and um, I started making some just like really simple pieces. I um, I mean, the fabric, it's all hand woven and hand dyed. So um, I wanted to make stuff that I felt like really respected the fabric and showcased the fabric mm-hmm. um I wanted it to feel like the fabric was the front runner I didn't want to do like interesting mm-hmm. con- too mm-hmm. like crazy construction or anything I just felt like it already had so much life in it it's mm-hmm. just about like you know um making it something that can be worn and you know something we can move in it's um, very movable yeah yeah I think that, yeah, I said something to you today about that it should be for dancers, that more dancers should be wearing it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is kind of jumping, but not jumping as we're talking about dancing, but tell us a little bit about how I think a lot of people who I interview are people of many, of many mediums. And just even today, you've mentioned to me like kind of all these other things that you've done, whether it's like yoga or teaching yoga or like dancing or like all these other things how do you feel like those practices of other things inform Hmm. your sewing or how are they still a part of your life or how do you deal with that kind of like being a multifaceted person I feel like sometimes I'm jealous of people who are like oh I just I just do this one thing that's just what I do that's just what I'm good at and that's right. all I do. It's really easy. Where I'm like, well, I'm trying to have a podcast and teach some classes and make yeah. some quilts and write some zines and make a book and do, you know, it's like, and then how do you even wrap all that into one thing? Yeah. So. Well, you definitely seem to have like a 
a big capacity to do all that stuff. Thank I you. feel like you Thank do. You. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I try. Yeah. I try my best. Yeah. Um, how does it all inform it? You know, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I think like mm. I have a background in healing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in a way, I guess that's related because... I'm stretching. I'm just trying to find a connection here. But I think maybe part of it is that, like, um, I'm I'm drawn to, like, health and wholeness and healing mm-hmm. and beauty. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I work with these fabrics because they're handmade by um, people in traditional ways. And, you know, a lot of them are still in traditional lifestyles. And that, to me, is, like, whole and beautiful, you know? And I, I'm drawn to, like... Um, just like traditional arts and keeping those things alive and that's that's why I use them I I think part another part of the reason I'm um, kept them movable is because I have a background in like yoga and dance and I you know like I mean I wear jeans but like mm. I really like not wearing jeans you know I like having clothing that I feel like um, wait when are you going to make pants do people uh, ask you for pants Sometimes, yeah. not that often. Yeah. Maybe someday. I think, well, this fabric is like, it has, it it's has not like, like that. It's not hand, pantable. It doesn't seem pantable. Yeah. I and as soon like as I said it, I was like, oh, yeah. That's another pants. thing. I mean, the fabric is like, it's made to be wraps. Sure. Really? Right. You know? So right. I don't want to, I want, that's another reason I keep it movable is it's really delicate fabric. And I don't, it's, I don't think it, Once. when you get it really snug, it just, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's better to give it room to breathe and move around. Yeah. Anyways, you were saying, though, you wear jeans. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I wear jeans, but, like, I wanted to make something that you, like, feel beautiful in. Mm -hmm. That, like, you can breathe in. That you can move in. And I like making things that are for, like, all body shapes. I mean, like, I'm a curvy woman, so Mm -hmm. I definitely make things Mm -hmm. with curvy women Mm -hmm. in mind, Mm -hmm. too, you know? Like, little women look nice in drapey clothing, and curvy women get, like, it's nice to have specific things. Like, a lot of my jackets have that open side. Yeah, I love that. And that is nice, because that, like, makes room for hips and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this something that it's bringing up for me as both a interviewer of artists and someone who owns some of your clothing is this question that um Soleil who I interviewed last podcast episode who's a jewelry maker we sort of went into like why or like the struggle of make making things and selling them and just how like that feels hard sometimes when Mm -hmm. there's like so much other work in the world to be done or like where do we get anxious about being like uh I know that like every everything's really dark right now in America, but by this thing I made, you know, and like, how do we, but the thing that I like original, like the thing that came to mind when you talked about wholeness and beauty is like, I know for me when I put on, you know, the thing, the piece that I asked you to make that, you know, you made (laughs) is like when I put it on, I feel like I feel like better able to do my work in the world because I'm like have this special thing on so that's just a little piece of beautiful feedback but also (laughs) um 
But it's that kind of reminder of like, oh yeah, that's why we have to keep making things Mm -hmm. because they are a service to Mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe it seems like you're in agreement a little bit, but maybe talk about how, yeah, this shift has affected you both politically, this kind of like new administration that we're in and has that felt have you felt a shift at all in like how you're feeling about totally. making things and selling things? Because you're also, your work is at an, you know, an extremely fair price point for the work that you are doing, but it is also like, you know, an expensive, it's an investment to, to buy a piece of totally. your clothing. So spitball on that a little bit, maybe. Um, okay. Um, wait first. Yeah, please. I want to respond to what you said right before yeah. then about okay. like feeling like, um, you put it on, you feel yeah. like beautiful yeah one of my favorite things ever I did this workshop with this um uh Mayan man and um one of the things he w- he taught us was that the Mayans would dress um to feed the gods of beauty and that like their dress was oh. like they would get dressed and it was not just like for themselves it was like this offering to a god that feasted on beauty and when they spoke they would have these events where they would speak to each other and they would speak beautifully and it was for each other but also to feed the gods and I always think about that as just like this epically beautiful thing that makes me feel okay about making things yeah in a world that doesn't really need more things but there is this place where there is this like it is this offering you know yeah and that when we like are I mean think about some days I'm thinking right now about like those people who were like, you know, like just dress epically walking down the street. Yeah. And sometimes I just want to be like, thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You, thank yeah. you. You know, it's, it is, it is, it is an offering to this space. Yeah. Um, um, so that just made me think of that, but mm. the, yeah, dude, this whole thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. This whole thing is crazy yeah. and it is hard. Like, it feels ridiculous to, um, I have been, you've been saying I've been making some quilts and stuff Mm -hmm. and those, I don't know if I'll ever sell those. It's like, there's, I definitely still feel a need for me personally to make things cause it feels good Mm -hmm. for me to Mm do. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but as far as like selling things and it feels like extra laborious and like extra unnecessary it it's hard like it feels silly to just post something like knowing what's happening and being like here's a shirt I made Mm -hmm. here's this cool fabric like it just feels very superfluous and yeah um it's I don't know what to say other than it it's just like it's hard and yeah I'm just like trying to I'm wrestling with it trying to find that space where there feels like um I don't know like I, I don't know it's just what I do so I'm just trying to keep doing it but I'm yeah I'm I don't know what to say other than I'm just kind of in process about always trying to make it feel meaningful yeah you know yeah same I think and something that you just said which is pretty similar to what Soleil had um, mentioned in the last episode was just about um, 
Like, I have to keep making things because it feels good yeah. to me to make things. Yeah. And the, just like, this is what I do, so I guess I have to keep doing it. Yeah. And how... Um, yeah, and I think also, like, remi- something that I am in constant conversation with myself about is the reminder that, like, money and objects are not evil, but, like, the overconsumption of them is where it gets, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. can be, can cause, be, like, an unhealthy pattern. Um, because, yeah, it's like, I want to keep making beautiful things and yeah. selling them and making them and, and buying them. And, like, yeah. that's what makes me feel happy is seeing other people be feel supported in their work. So, mm-hmm. um Let's let's jump into like some straight up biz biz talk. Okay. Um, cause at the end of the day, you're running a business. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. I feel like it's all always that like weird extra part where you're like, oh yeah, I'm not just like a clothing designer. I'm a businesswoman. Yeah. What's the hardest part about being a businesswoman? Small business owner. Yeah. However you wanna. The hardest to. part about being a small business owner. There's, um, I don't know. There's, there's a few things. Can you can say more than one. All right. Say more than one. All right. Um, well, one is just, I tend, you know, there's that term like cowboying it through. I definitely feel like I'm cowboying it through, even though I've done like, it just seems like I've like I've taken business classes. I did yeah. that women's yeah. initiative for self employment, yeah. and I like I've done business stuff. But I still, at the end of the day, just feel like I'm making it up as I go along. Yeah, I'm just like good. My hands so are I'm out not. In front I'm of not me. the only person. I'm <laughs> not the like, only person. Uh, yeah, um, cowboying along. I've never. Heard you've never that. heard that like cowboying. No, you're just kind of like yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that term. I just feel like I'm yeah just sort of fumbling around in the dark a lot of the time like yeah I imagine everyone else has some like mentor guiding them through the way yeah. and I'm like um yeah so that that's hard um just I mean doing everything you know when he like yeah. I was thinking about it recently like if you look at like a job listing you're applying for a job mm-hmm. like you're applying to do their social media or right. their design. Right. But like as like a, you know, creative entrepreneur designer, like I do all of the roles and right. um and that's hard, you know, trying to find that place where I've been I've been playing with the idea of being like, okay, Mira, like for like one hour a day, you're the biz- you're like the business owner, the CEO. Yeah. Like, and then for one hour a day, you're like the marketing person. Yeah. And then for like, you know, five hours, you're production. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know? like, like really breaking it up into hours. Yeah. I yeah. haven't done that, but I've been You should playing. try it. I should try I'm it. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Because I'm just... like, I'm breaking things into like two minute increments. Right. So I'm like two <laughs> minutes marketing lady, three minutes email lady. Totally. Ten minutes quilting lady. And then I'm yeah. like, nothing is efficiently being done yeah. at this point. Yeah. I'm just, that's a true cowboy. Like... Totally. You just choose like, or like a day. Okay. Right. Monday. Right. Monday is like, I do marketing. I do all the da, 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 da. Yeah. I email all those, you know, people. I make the things. I, you know, like, I mean, I make the like business cards yeah. and all that stuff. And like, 
that stuff and then these times. Because, yeah. I mean, most, like, yeah, it's hard being, like, an artist business person. Right. It's definitely a different thing because I'm, I'm doing production. Right. And production alone, right. like, I could just, you know. You could sew I mean, forever. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't want to sew forever. No, no <laughs> but, I don't. But you would have to. But then, like, you can't, you need somewhere for everything to go. So yeah. it's, like, this... What would it feel like if someone else sewed your clothes? Um, great. I wouldn't mind a little bit of help. Yeah. yeah. I think at some point I'll probably get some help with yeah. it. I don't think that all of it, like I, there's some things where I could definitely pass along, pass along and have some help. Yeah. But there's some things where, um, I mean, I could, some things I could, some uh, some of it I'd still have to do for myself, yeah. especially with like my jackets. They really are like each one's designed and has its yeah. own little yeah. like yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm. I was telling you about my studio mate. She yeah. does something where yeah. she like pins everything in someone right. else's. So like right. I could right. do that, but right. it's still yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's like a. I found when I was like running my space in Michigan that when it was time to pay someone else or like even not looking at it that way, but just like bring someone else into the fold. Mm -hmm. It was less that I had the money to do it and more that I was like, I'm going to go crazy if I keep doing all of the things. Like I'm somebody else has to do one of the things. Um, cause usually I could do it for a while, but then some task. And then what was awesome is I would bring people in who could do it faster and right. better than me in a lot right. of ways because right. they're there for that one job. They're yeah. not there to do, they're not tired from doing the marketing and the social media and the emailing and the yeah. designing. They're like, Oh cool. I'm here to sew like 20 straight lines. Got it. Yeah. Um, so right. Totally. Yeah. We can work on a job description later for okay, your, cool. new <laughs> sewing, your new sewing assistant. Sounds good. Um, and you do have a studio outside your house. Yeah. Has that always been a priority for you? or And I know we were talking a little bit before the episode, so yeah. spoiler alert, <laughs> I already know. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit about why that's been helpful for you to totally. go outside the home. Yeah. So, as I was <laughs> saying, um, I just felt so much more efficient for me to like... Um, it was just important to have somewhere else to go. Like, in my... When I was doing it in my house, like, I wanted so bad to make it work. Like, mm. I tried all these different, like, you know, like, okay, I'll wake up and I'll go in outside and I'll get coffee and I'll, yeah. like... But something about, like, actually needing to put my clothes on and going to a separate space and, yeah. like, just that space only has that, like, I my room isn't a mess in the other room, you know? Like, right this is all I have to do here, this. Yeah. And, like, sometimes I'll, you know, get distracted on my phone or something, but right. that's the only thing. It's really just, like, and it's dedicated for that, you know? So it's just been, I mean, I think I I probably told you, like, one of my favorite stories when I was first talking about mm-hmm. the um, getting a studio, and uh-huh. I went over to Ethan Pine, I was uh-huh. talking to Danielle, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I went home and I was talking to my husband and he uh-huh. was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because at this yeah. point, like, I wasn't selling 
merely enough right. to justify right. any extra cost right. at right. all. Like, right. at all. Right. And, um, so I was like, well, how about I'll just do three months? I'll, like, just three months, I'll commit yeah. to three months, and if it doesn't feel like it makes a difference, yeah. then I'll come back. And we're like, okay, three months. And yeah. that night, one of my friends came over and bought enough stuff of mine for just over three months of rent. Right. So it was like this big divine omen. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, and since I've moved into the other space, like every, um, my, it, it's like I have a business. Like right. it, before that, I was <laughs> right. like, right. it just didn't, it wasn't, but all of a sudden, like I have a business, I make sales, I yeah. like, connected with some stores, yeah. I'm yeah. like, it's more than paid for itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, how do you feel like you learned to price your work Mm -hmm. and have you always priced your work with the mind of trying to do wholesale or do you feel like you had to like shift that? And it's interesting to, that you mentioned the thing about quilts is like, you know, how do you even price a quilt for Mm -hmm. just plain retail, not even thinking about it being in a store? Um, but yeah, how do you feel like you come up with like numbers or do you like calculate it like I want to get paid this much per hour? I'm like factoring the cost. Are you just like this number in my head sounds right? <laughs> like what do you feel like your relationship to pricing your work yeah. is? Mm-hmm. Um well, there's kind of there's like pretty straight across pricing algorithms that I mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. where it's like cost plus time. Um, and then you double that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the right. full equation, sure, but basically sure, sure. like, so I generally use, right. I, I use that most of the time. It's mm-hmm. just like a really kind mm-hmm. of standard mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's some things where it's like, okay, this thing, I'm not really like making a decent hourly wage on, but this other thing I make a better, at le- better hourly wage sure. on. So they kind of like, it all comes out in the wash. Like there's some items cool. where it just kind of like they kind of balance each other out a little bit like that. And there's also like a little bit of, um, you know, kind of like looking around at like, okay, well, what are comparable things, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of like, what, what is the market? Is this an option? Like there's definitely things I've made where I'm like, well, that's, you know, you know, that, (laughs) That won't, that just, nobody's going to buy this right. for that amount. And right. So you just, like, take a big hit on it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but then there's other things where you're like, oh, that's great. I made this, and it can sell for that much, and that's gravy, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And um, you're, well, maybe the first question is, um, you moved to Oakland mm-hmm. from Marin. Mm-hmm. More or less? Was there an in-between place? No, I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, why that move. Are um, you from that area? Yeah, I'm Marin? from Marin. Yeah, from, mm-hmm. born and raised. Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh, well, I was born in the city, actually, but mm. just because. Right. You know, Hospital. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. Exactly. Um, I moved to Oakland. It was actually funny hearing your 
roommate talk about gardening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How she, like, leads her gardens. Because I moved yeah. to Oakland. I was like, I'm going to move to the city. I'm going to do urban gardening. <laughs> and I'm going to, like, you know, I don't know. I just wanted something more, a more dynamic experience. Sure. You know? Marin is, um, like, one of the most beautiful places ever. Truly. And... Um, I loved it, but I was also like really wanted to just be somewhere more diverse and dynamic and with, you know, a larger population under between the ages of like 15 and right. 50. Right, right. You know? <laughs> like, right. Um, which I think there are more and more, but yeah. at that time yeah. it really was like kids in school and yeah. their parents. Right. Um, so I moved to Oakland. I just... I don't know. I I was just wanted to be somewhere different, and yeah. Oakland was different. Mm-hmm. It's funny growing up; it just like literally was not on the map. I I could probably count on less than one hand the amount of times I'd been to Oakland growing yeah. up. It right. was just something I never even like heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother actually moved out here mm. um, a couple years before me, and I. Uh, I was house sitting once for him. He mm-hmm. lived by the lake, and at that time, the lake was still. It was you could just have an apartment there. It wasn't crazy expensive. Right. And I would wake up in the mornings and walk around the lake, and I was just like, "I'm coming here." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been great. It was a it was a hard transition because mm-hmm. I was definitely like, totally just like a little. I mean kind of a country girl I mean mm-hmm. I'd like traveled and sure you know but just the way learning how to kind of interact with people in a city and how to kind of hold my carry myself in a city mm-hmm. was different and it was a transition um but uh Oakland's been great I met like an incredible amount of really amazing and talented and motivated and um sweet beautiful people Mm -hmm. and a really great community here Mm -hmm. um yeah how do you feel like you found that like I feel like that's something that a lot of people I mean I feel like for me I was lucky that from hosting the residency in Michigan I just like knew so many people here Mm -hmm. or people who had taken my classes when I was visiting here like reached out to me when I was moving like Alicia and like a couple other people who were like, Hey, like I know who you are. Like we should hang out. And I was like, yes, please. Great. I need friends. But I feel like for a lot of people and something that I am still kind of like navigating is that like, how do you find your people in a new place? Or I didn't even realize how easy it was to find my people in a a state I had lived in for my whole life. Totally. Um, so what are your, like maybe even suggestions to people like moving to a new place? Like do you, I think it was my friend, yeah, I think Jenny Williams said to me recently, she was just like, you just have to go to stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you do I have to leave go to the stuff. house. I gotta go to stuff. Yeah. Totally have to go to stuff. Go to stuff that you love. For me, I know the two things. Mm-hmm. One, one, I mean, the biggest one was dance. Like, well, hands yeah, down. Yeah. I used to go out dancing all the time. Yeah. Um, but it was actually like a long time of dancing before I actually met people that I liked. Because I... I'd go to clubs and I never 
I was, it was like one in a thousand people that I right. actually like liked <laughs> right. when I would totally. go clubbing until I got into like, um, actually when I got into like house music and house dance, then yeah. it was like, those are, those are my people. Those are my friends. It was like this, it was like monumental shift for me to be like, Oh Whoa. my God. I'd just like look around and be like my yeah. person, my person, my person, my person, Whoa. be yeah. like dancing. And yeah. everyone was just like. People were drinking so much less, and yeah. people were dancing, yeah. and just like it yeah. was a whole different thing. Cool. So that was a big thing. Then the other thing, I actually, um, I started going to a church. Wow. Yeah, it's called the East Bay Church of Religious Science. Whoa. Wait, are you Scientologist? No, it's not Scientology. You're like, no, it's not. <laughs> Do people ask you that all the time? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I, no, it's fine. I actually don't really go anymore, but I love it, and I think it's a really, it's it's amazing. It's a yeah. science of mind. It's not, yeah. it's, I don't, I mean, someone might think it's a kooky cult. I totally sure. don't. Right. For me, it was, that was like, that was before I found house dancing and stuff. That was, I was walking, a couple people had told me to check it out. Okay. You know, and I went in, and I was just, I loved it, um. They were just, she, the people who were speaking were just uh-huh. like speaking my truth and yeah. my heart. And I yeah. was like, oh my God, this is like a community yeah. of people saying yeah. the things that I think and yeah. believe. And yeah. um, it was just like a really sweet community connected me with so many people. And a lot of people I'd like seen out dancing actually yeah. went there. So it was like this very cool thing where I was like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. these are the people. And like, you know, you see them at a club. It's like, you, I don't trust anyone in a club. Right. But then I'd see them at the church right. talking right. about the things that matter to me. Right. right. And then I would see them at the club again and be like, yeah. hey, right. you, yeah, you know, know that God is every, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Whoa. That's, that's incredible. And I love, um, I'm, I'm just kind of like struck in like a really awesome way because I just needed it's funny when I'm like recording a live podcast and I have like a huge like lightning moment where I'm like shit yeah that's perfect I'm gonna go to church (laughs) because I feel like that's a at home in Michigan there's this in Grand Rapids there's a Unitarian Universalist church called Fountain Street Church this is the church that my parents got married in I like went to their youth group. I'm putting quotes in the air. It was called a Fountain Club, uh-huh. and it was like just the most like punk radical thing that I could have. You know, it's like one Sunday we had like this is what a vibrator is like circle. <laughs> it was you know what I mean. It was like you know, but we're yeah. like seniors in high school. We that's not too young to know what like you know. It's like the real sex talk of like. Yeah this is what safe sex is. This is what, Mm -hmm. this is what consent is. It was like this really progressive space. Um, but then in my adult life, a bunch of my like friends started like playing in the band in the morning Mm -hmm. in the like chapel service. And I remember having this weird judgment, like you guys are playing in church. And then they were like, dude, we're like getting all these new awesome friends who are like our age and older than us. And like, we have coffee with them. There's like yoga there every Wednesday. And I was like, Oh, right. Um, and this woman, Stacy, uh, Friar Solo, who is, who I knew from Grand Rapids and she lives in Toronto now, she wrote this blog post years ago. I should try to find it and link it in the show notes. But it was, it, I was like, whoa. And it was called, I think it was just called like the case for church. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, she was like, 
no matter what kind of church you find, whether it's like religious, not religious, any, whatever religion it even is in. And she like listed all these reasons and they were like finding friends, having free childcare for your kid to also hang out with other rad kids while you hang out with their parents. Like, you know, all these different things that like that provides. Yeah. But I think we just live in this community and world that we're so... We don't even think about church because we just know all totally. the evil things that, you know, Have been we think like of. Religion right. And, and, all the, yeah. and so we're just like, hell no, I don't go to church every Sunday morning. That's t- a terrible idea. But then there's these spaces that are like, oh no, these are actually really cool. Yeah. And it, truthfully, like half the time I went to church I was like I don't want to go and then every time I left I'd be like I'm so glad I went like it was just like it's just I mean I haven't been in I went traveling and then it was like boom I fell off that wagon um but it's just it's a meeting place that's really what it is it's a community center and it's you know I mean every I feel like so many cultures and people throughout the world have some version of that and like it, yeah it's often religion but like what's wrong with religion I mean, right it's like whatever right. it's like a path for people to figure out the way they're walking in the world like that's great yeah you find a way that speaks to you and a community of people who kind of hold some of the same tenets like that's beautiful you know yeah. to hold hands with people who like have similar beliefs and yeah you know well it's interesting too I share that weird feeling where you like don't want to go to a thing that you know makes you feel good and I and I feel that I I think I saw like an internet meme once that was like I went to yoga and wish I hadn't said no one ever because it's like that thing that's like (laughs) I've never like gone to a yoga class and left and been like Really wish I would have stayed home and watched a few episodes of the Mindy Project instead. Totally. You know, totally. it's like you leave yoga and you're like, fuck, man, I'm really glad I went. Like, I really needed that. Yeah. But every time before you go to yoga, yeah. you're just like, I just don't want to go. It's yeah. like this whole thing or like, yeah, or running or going to like 12-step meetings. I feel like there's always things in my life that I'm like, I don't want to. And then I go and every 99.9 percent i leave and i'm like just filled with like the all source energy spirit i'm just like yes i'm invincible i can do anything but yeah i should go dancing yeah i do need to go (laughs) i do need to go dancing also well i'm i'm gonna say something controversial to you and the entire bay area is that i don't really like house music i don't really like i like dancing to like oldies Okay, there's Motown Mondays. Where the hell is that? I forget where it's at, but you can look it up. Okay, that is what I need. That is what I need, and I will never miss it. But you know what? Okay, so, yeah, every Monday. I can't remember the name of the bar because I never go. But that's a good place. Okay. Um, But I just want to say, I didn't like house music. Okay. I was not into house music. Yeah. I was like super yeah. anti house music. Yeah. I'm like, I'm totally like only real music, yeah. organic music. I, I way hated right. it. But then, <sighs> then yeah. there was, it was actually, okay, it was this woman who, Nicole Claymoon has this um, dance troupe called The Embodiment Project. Oh. They are. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Cool. So 
I don't know if she, I don't think she'd started this yet, but she started like a little, um, like a dance space at La Pena, which is right near my house. Uh-huh. And they would just like practice and workshop their moves. It wasn't a class. Uh-huh. It wasn't a like dance party at a club. Sure. It was just like some house heads like moving uh-huh. around. Cool. And I would go and just like watch them because they were yeah incredible. Like, yeah. I'd only seen that kind of movie. Yeah. Like in yeah. Videos, yeah, and YouTube and right, stuff. Right, right. They're just like these incredible, beautiful, beautiful movers yeah. and like beautiful people, just like the sweetest people. And I would just go and watch them and be like, "This is crazy!" And if they're moving like that to this music, Whoa. I'm missing something. Yeah. And so I just went and I listened and I just was like, just opened up. I was just like, "All right, I'm just gonna." I'm just going to yeah. see if I can find it. Yeah. Because it's really, I mean, music is music and rhythm is right. rhythm. And right. if you can, f- you can connect right. with the rhythm and, I mean, yeah. It's okay if you don't like house music, but I was just saying my journey to liking it because I was not into yeah. any any of that kind of stuff yeah. at all. Yeah. But now it's like, now it's just my thing. But. Yeah. But that's the other thing wow. about that's worth going to house is just to see the dancers there. Yeah. They're like, Incredible. Incredible. Right. I mean, you're not going to... Nobody dances like that anywhere else. Like reggae, motel, right. money, nowhere right. else. Right. Like right. you go to the house, quick parties, right. and people are like right. dancing. And they're like, it's spiritual and it's beautiful. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ready. I'm ready. Whew. Wow. This just took a whole... We took a whole nother pathway. It's good. Um, I want to like go back to a, a business question, but now I feel so like... <laughs> It's like in a whole, it's like a church now. I'm church. like thinking about That's what we would say things. at the end of the night. We'd be like, it was church. It was church. That's like my, um, like my dance, my dance mentors, these women, the architects, we talk a lot about how they're like yearly in- improvisation intensive is like church. It's like going to church. Yeah. Or we have this little phrase that when something like really good happens, we say, that's my kind of church. Yeah. Which I love that. Um, well, yeah, and it's like, I feel like there is this movement in a good way of like reclaiming certain words like prayer and, and, and just spirit and the things that we kind of all rebelled against at one point because we didn't want it to be linked to something that felt like not our truth or something and mm-hmm. it's nice to see people using those words and like church feels like it still totally. has like a even little for me, yeah totally. i know yeah. even for me hearing it i was like oh uh, yeah oh, what kind of I church know. you going to me i was yeah. like i got this i got this well one of my like greatest friends in my real life still is this woman lizzie house who is a fabric designer and mm-hmm. incredible quilter, incredible teacher. And she was a resident at Have Company. And she is Mormon. And mm-hmm. um, if you need more podcast episodes to listen to, I highly recommend listening to Lizzie's. Because she, you know, talk about a sect of religion that's, like, incredibly judged. And for better or worse. Right. And, like, she just owns her path and her truth in a way that is like i mean she is so tapped into spirit and her 
own source energy and prayer and manifestation and like mm-hmm. I mean she's just incredible and is also like really unapologetic about that as her you know she was born into the religion but yeah um you know she's like a radical feminist lady who's incredible wow. and yeah. you know is a Mormon and is like one of the most accepting people I've ever met mm-hmm. and it was interesting because when I found out I definitely had my own judgments kind of like thrown back at me where mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually the one that's being really judgy about this right thing. And you're actually the one who's like really open. And right. I mean, when she stayed at my house, I was, you know, I was kind of like, she was like gearing up to get married. I was like going through a, you know, a divorce and in this like polyamorous relationship, like we couldn't have been like in right, more right. different states. And I was like really nervous and she was just so, just like met me right there and mm. church man's like does its thing for the people that it needs to do it for yeah I mean it's community and it's reflection it's new friends it's new friends that's what we need that's what I need <laughs> <laughs> I need some new friends um okay I'm gonna I am gonna rewind there's not a there's not a super pure pathway to get there but um Back to your clothes. Back yes. to the things that mm-hmm. you make. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, actually. Not interesting. The I, the, the like beautiful sort of like what would you call it? Kimono jacket. I like at, like got it as like a prayer, mm-hmm. shawl, blanket, jacket, cloth. Like that's what I really envisioned it. And it was interesting because I was like, I'm only I I almost got it because I like only wanted to use it in like ceremony. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm only gonna put this yeah. on when I'm like, you know, like doing my like rituals and spell work and like I'm alone. Mm-hmm. And then I got it and put it on and I was like, I want it makes me feel like I wanna be in that state mm-hmm. all of the time. <laughs> it's like I am always in prayer and ceremony. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like the, like, I want to get dressed for totally the goddesses of beauty yes, or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, I have this thing that I've sort of like this like little phrase that, which reminds me of your little one liner on your postcard, but that's everything is sacred. Nothing is precious. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of like you waiting five years to like yeah. make something. <laughs> it's like, how can we honor that like this is sacred yeah this is so beautiful but it can't be so precious that we never make anything with it it's like I want this thing to be sacred and beautiful but not so precious that I like don't wear it outside totally like I want um and like how do I treat other objects that I have that way yeah that's the thing I'm I'm learning how to just like you things are meant to be used like I totally will like buy a nice candle and just like have it for years or it's I won't like, even light I, my candles yeah I never because like, I'm like totally. oh, it's so pretty or I buy like a nice lotion that's yeah. the worst because they go yeah. bad and yeah like this is a nice lotion I don't want to use it all up I'm like yeah. actually that's the point yeah you buy your nice lotion yeah to use it yeah on your skin yes which is nicer yeah than the lotion I'm a big <laughs> fan of this um cacao mask cacao mousse mask that Mm. herb apothecary makes Mm -hmm. and similarly it's like so special and the other day like went to use some i was like this is starting to smell kind of weird i'm like oh because i like need to use it oh yeah 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 i love i have their 
Herbapothecary Shout out. Plug. Herba, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> their cheeks and lips thing. Yeah. This is like one of the only things that I'm like, this is a nice thing that I bought, but I use it all the time because it's yeah. so yummy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They make really beautiful things. But mm-hmm. yeah, this cacao mask, I. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, you, you gotta to use it. it. You have yeah. to use it because it's food, basically. Mm-hmm. That's like some fat in the moon stuff. I, I have mm-hmm. like Rachel's pimple mud and a few other things that similarly I'm like, don't want to use too much. And then yeah. it's like, it's, it, they use such great, fresh, you know, organic ingredients that mm-hmm. it's like literally like food. It like goes bad after three months. You yeah. like can't not use it. Which is pretty much all you want to use. Right. Too. Right. Like, right. it's like a natural cycle. Mm hmm. Right. Um, so your clothes are in stores. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how, what that process has been like. And is it, is it hard? Is it scary? Do you just email people? Like what has your relationship been like Mm -hmm. expanding from, you know, just you and your website into like other spaces? Mm -hmm. Um, stores? are yeah it's 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 been it's interesting you know Mm -hmm. it seems like um I have some stores just like send me a message they often Mm -hmm. find me Mm -hmm. like through Instagram I think Mm -hmm. is where most people probably find me Mm -hmm. and they'll just you know that's always great when they just like reach out and they're like hey we found you we like your stuff you want to do it Mm -hmm. um and that's actually how I've gotten most of my connections. A lot of the people I email align you to. I mm-hmm. don't know if I've gotten one account that way. Whoa. Yeah. Um, some I know. Some mm-hmm. It's mostly people who found me. Um, I've heard that like going into shops and introducing mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. like that there's some art to that, which... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I get really shy. I don't mm-hmm. like doing that. Mm-hmm. So I email people because I've heard some people don't want to be dropped in on. Also, like I've heard some people yeah. are like, "Oh, yeah, don't drop in on store owners. Right. Like you don't want to make them feel pressured." It's so definitely like, a tricky art because yeah. I've definitely had people stop in who then when they tell me who they are, if we already have like a some sort of mutual internet following or relationship or something it's not necessarily weird and if anything I'm like stoked and I'm like oh whoa you make that thing awesome but I think definitely for me seven out of ten times I'm like I don't want to talk to you about this right now like I'm at the store trying to like do my store work right but it's vague it's a vague but I've had I know plenty of store owners who love that they're like I love when people do that and I don't have to work at it I don't have to like Go out of my way. So it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But most of most of my accounts I vibe there or sometimes I like meet them at a market, a pop up market too. Yes, totally. That's been the other thing. So is that would you say part of your business is doing like markets or Totally. Yeah. Totally. You do a lot of at this point. This so this is actually like uh, I did my first market with my clothing okay. last spring. So I'm in my first like real year full with the clothing. Year, yeah. Um and um yeah, the markets have been they're huge because I mean like I have a sale or I do like I do sales online mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if I have a sale then 
I do more sales online, but mm-hmm. um, markets are a big deal because people, I get to meet the people, they get to touch the fabric. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that that's so important being able to like touch it and try it on and like, you know, um, people, I think people like meeting the person who's making it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Do so, you have, um, any coming up or like ones that you're excited about this year that you want to try to do? Um, I did apply to some, it's still kind of early, so I haven't heard cool. back from a lot yeah. of I th- Yeah, I think the only one that I've like applied to and heard back from yet uh-huh. is, um, Urban Air. Okay. Which, that was the first one I did last year, so I'm cool. excited to do it Where's again. Where's that? It's in Hayes Valley okay. in the city. Okay. And that was, um... Yeah, that was great because that was like, cool. like I said, my first one, yeah. and I did well, so it was cool. very encouraging. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, I'll be happy if I even sell like three things. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. And then you sold a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And that was when I only had jackets, too. Is that what you started with? Yeah. Jacket, was that the first thing you ever made? Jackets. Uh, Yeah. Well, with my line, with like right. my stuff. Right, right, I mean, before right. that, I ha- I was doing stuff before. I was making with the prints. I was making like bow ties and bags and little things. Wow. But then I kind of was like d- dying with that. Like, yeah. I mean, I just wanted, to, I didn't want to make, it's all like machine made, chemical dyed, yeah. produced in Asia. Yeah. I just didn't like feel good yeah. about yeah. moving forward with yeah. that. Yeah. So I started to shift. Um, I guess I showed you that fabric that I designed in Uganda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first, I I mean, I, my show actually had some of that. I had some, like, dresses and tops okay. I made from that. So I didn't... But then with the indigo, when I start When I connected with somebody... Um, when I connected with a source for indigo, mm-hmm. then I started making jackets. And that was the first thing that I made. The jackets and then the vests. Mm-hmm. Um... Do you feel like a sense of, you know, I think there's this like line where people like want information as mm-hmm. a, as a small business owner or as like a maker, do you feel like a protection with like, I can't tell you where I get my things or I don't want to tell you how I like do this mm-hmm. and how do you navigate like being like holding things close, but mm-hmm. also like being abundant with sharing yourself or whatever because I feel like that's a something I can get caught up in that can be hard is um even like small bits of information like a lot of times I'll get a lot of emails where people are like hey I'd love to like take you out to coffee and like pick your brain about how you run a business and I'm always trying to figure out like how to answer that or like do I just come up with like I've, I've like come up with like baseline consulting fees before or, you know, because it's like, I want to, I want to like give so much of myself, but also want to like both from like a good business perspective, have to like keep some of it, but also want to give some of it. Yeah. How do you navigate that? I don't, I just, I don't know how to, (laughs) I'm like, you just kind of navigate, it's sort of a dance, you know, like some days you give a little more information, some days you give a little less, so it depends on the person, depends on the moment. I do, like, I worked for a couple clothing companies before, Mm -hmm. mostly doing like pop-up markets and stuff, Mm -hmm. and they were both like, 
they were all pretty proprietary like and I remember feeling like that's so weird yeah but I do think that I inherited some of that from them you know like where I'm like okay that's part of what you have to do but I also kind of wrestle with that where I'm like no like you know we're all doing what what we can yeah and um there it's not like anything I'm doing is mine or new you know I'm just doing what I'm you know Right. doing my little thing and there's other people doing similar things right and, you know it's not like they someone saw my jacket and was like that's what I'm making jackets you right. know like right. they, oh, it's not like right. you know like yeah so I think that um it's always just kind of a dance I I you know like someone actually wrote me this morning and asked me um like where to buy the indigo yeah and I was like this is where you buy it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not, you know... Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a total secret. Yeah, I mean, there's... Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and if there's enough of it... Yeah. But it's also like... I mean, I think what I... It's also like the enough, both like spiritually enough and like just factually if there's like enough of the material because right. I know that there I have people who are like well I'm happy to like just say where I get certain things but that supplier sometimes runs out and so if I tell too many people where I get a thing I can't actually keep getting the thing right and it's like oh well yeah that's interesting to have to navigate some of that mm-hmm. side of it also um when you're sewing all day do you are you like a podcast listener or mm-hmm. a news listener or a show watcher? What are you usually doing when all that when you're zipping away? Usually podcasts. Uh-huh. I've started actually recently when I've been quilting. I've been listening to music, which I usually don't do. Actually, that is so funny what? because just last night while I was quilting, I put an album on, mm-hmm. and I never do that. <laughs> yeah. I. Always I'm watching TV when I'm quilting. Oh, yeah. Almost always. Yeah. Maybe podcast. Kind of put me in like a little groove. Same. Yeah, it was That nice. is really funny. Maybe there's something in the in the quilting music. Yeah. There. It was funny. I've been, with the quilting, I've been like, it's kind of like dancing in a way. There's just, because oh, yeah. I'm doing it, it's a little more freestyle. Yeah. Than, you know, my other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a podcaster. What are you listening to? I listen to Risk. Ooh. And the moth. Cool. And um, recently, I'm you know with everything that's going on, I started yeah. like turning on KPFA again, and I was like KPFA, dude. And I just the <laughs> other day downloaded like, you know, like the visionary activist. But then I also do I love like, Herbal Highway. And do you listen to KPFA? No. Oh, it's great. There's really great programs and cool. like your health and fitness. They have really great. Um, just really good programs like cool. the visionary activist is yeah, I think her name's cool. Caroline Casey she's okay. an astrologer Ooh. and so she talks about a lot of like current events yeah. through the lens of um astrology cool her stuff whoa is, yeah her stuff is cool recently I've been listening and there hasn't been quite as much astrology it's more just been like cool. kind of talking about yeah. stuff but she's a very colorful character cool a lot of fun nice are you reading anything right now? Are you a reader? No. So sad, I know. Wow, that is a beautiful <laughs> answer. No one has ever said that. They're like, yep, um, I'm just balancing two novels and five Sorry. self-help books. Yeah. And I'm always like... 
No, I wish. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. It would be nice. I have books Respect. next to my bed <laughs> that I they intend do to books. read. I do own them. But right now, I'm, yeah. I'm not. That's okay. Yeah. Do you, are you ever interested <laughs> in being a, like a book on tape lady? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I know. I've been thinking about... I, I've gone and... I used to ha- do... In Michigan, I was like doing a, a drive every once in a while. That was like two hours where I would do listen to books on tape. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I, I love it. Back into it. I got that app Audible so I know. that I could do it. I, I just, have it too. It's a little tricky. It's a little... I haven't quite figured out how to yeah. use it. Yeah. We gotta figure it out. But I love... I, I've been... I don't know. I've been wanting to get David Sedaris on tape. Ooh, yeah. I'm sure we can figure it out. Yeah. I'm sure we can figure, <laughs> out, figure these apps out someday. Um, anything else? What's next? You got any th- fun things coming up? You going on any trips? Got any events? You just did a stitch in. I just did a stitch in. At Cosa Arts. Mm-hmm. How was that? That was great. It was cool. super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the women from Ethan Pine and cool. some other women that... I hadn't met came and nice. We just we did some um, did some stitching. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that's sweet. awesome. Um, trying to think if I have anything uh, major coming up. Not really. Cool. Just quilting. Just living life. Just living the dream, you know. In Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. And you have a partner. I do. Here. Mm-hmm. Is there, are there blessings or challenges to like being a, your own boss and how that affects being in a partnership with someone? Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was funny this morning. He called me and we were talking and, um, and he was kind of like, so what's next? What's up? (laughs) You know, and like trying to like, um, you know, just like talk about what's going on. Yeah, and it was funny. I got like super defensive. I was like, I don't. And he's like, Are you gonna want to do this same thing, the jacket thing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just trusting the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's the most like amazing and supportive person, and I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for his like yeah. consistent like total support yeah um and um but yeah it's 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 a lot it's a lot to juggle I mean it's all emotional that's the thing about going to a job where you're like whatever I do my job I leave like you want the boss to like you right but like this stuff it's like it's all it's all emotional and so well especially when you still want the boss to like you yeah (laughs) how to like yourself (laughs) yeah so it's um yeah because it's um it's still art you know it's still like my baby my project my art right and then it's also like oh emailing people and like selling right. it and right. that whole thing so it's, right. all, it's always this intricate yeah. kind of dance of things yeah. um, but I don't I don't know he's he's awesome he's super is supportive. he also his own boss or um, he just no, no he's I mean he's a musician and cool. does it's yeah. in a band and does some yeah. gigs and stuff yeah. but he's yeah. yeah yeah I think it's and it's interesting too the like 
part of being your own boss that just kind of came up when you just said this, like how to not take things like personally. Yeah. Because it's like, this is my thing and that I'm like doing. And then yeah. how do you like still say to stay separate enough from it? Yeah. Um, right. To hear, because the truth is like, all questions are good, you know, yeah. and, like inquiries welcome. Right. You know, but there's a little defensiveness where it's like, Hey, that's mine. All right. Right. You just go to your job right. and I'll go to mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's real. I I feel like I've a lot of my life mostly had partners who are like also doing the same freelance yeah. hustle. And so when you're like both na- and sometimes that's like easier cuz you like get it and you're like both navigating it the yeah. same way, but then other times it's just like even harder to not have one person who's like I have this consistent job and income and like place I go to every day, but yeah. it's like ding 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 everybody's like going different places, mm-hmm. but yeah partnership in the 21st century yeah something something to navigate especially as an artist when you're like also like you said it's like all emotional it's like yeah when you're like business is your job but it is your art and your thing that you make and how to like keep loving it Mm -hmm. even when you have to be the marketing person or the email person or yeah well you know oh one thing i'm excited about is I've signed up for a class. It's the first like workshop oh, wow. I've taken in yeah. so long. It's just yeah. a workshop, yeah. but I haven't taken one in yeah. so long. Yeah. And one thing from when I did massage uh-huh. that I remember is like you need to do those. Yeah. You need to do workshops. Need to, you need to need like to go, feed yourself yeah. with stuff. I, need to I think go that's get fed. what's your workshop? Oh, it's this woman, I don't remember her full name, Jody something. Mm-hmm. Her Instagram is wishy washy. Okay. Um her it's with eyes oh okay. she wash it with eyes her work is phenomenal and she's doing a like boro uh workshop in the city in may i think it is uh-huh. i'm so excited because i'm Whoa. obsessed with her work and, cool yeah that's incredible yeah, yeah i really want to like treat myself to a class yeah i really want to take like a candle making class or like something yeah. that's like a thing that i use yeah and wish I just knew how to make I think it's I think that that's probably one of like the biggest keys to sort of like loving what you're doing and staying inspired about it is like refreshing yeah it you know yeah same thing like if you do yoga like sure you can do it in your house every day that's great right but it's good to take a class like yeah once in a while to just kind of reinvigorate your practice Yeah. yeah for sure cool any last any last words for the people? Um, thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, thanks, people. Thank, Thank you. you. So much. Thank you, people. It's funny because my phone is sitting in my boot. Yeah. <laughs> and Super to prop it on holder, the yeah. on the bed, but yeah, it's a yeah, it's a pretty fancy way of pretty fancy podcast. Um, yeah. Material engineering mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Beautiful tools and techniques. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Mira. This was awesome. Thank you. We went. We went on a good. We went on a good journey. Um, Oh yeah, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, um, my website Uh is mirablackman.com. Perfect. My Instagram's at mirablackman. Cool. Keeping it easy for us. Yeah. Cool. And um, check out the show notes. uh, Have-company.com/slash/podcast. And we'll 
we'll put some links up to your work and some of the work of the people we talked about today. So, bye bye.